Welcome to this week's episode of In Class. This week we'll be talking about bilingualism. We've all heard the famous quote from Ludwig Wittgenstein, the limits of my language mean the limits of my world. Obviously we know that there are benefits to being bilingual. You have more vocabulary at your disposal. You have more control over some of your executive brain functions like decision-making, problem-solving. Um, and it's been shown in some studies to actually delay the effects of Alzheimer's. Um, and not only when you learn a second language do you learn the language, but with that you get the history and the culture that's embedded in the language and the way that people from different countries talk about things. But early research actually suggested that bilingualism may have disadvantages, mainly related to the development of language and executive function in children. However, the idea of the brain being constantly in conflict is a lingering one. Um, when you have multiple languages to choose from, every word is a deliberate choice. Generally, though, the benefits do seem to outweigh any of these possible early struggles or continued struggles in life. But what is it really like? To explore this idea, I'd like to introduce our regular in-class guest, Lisa. Hi! So Lisa, tell us a little bit about your experience with being bilingual. What languages do you speak? I speak Spanish as my first language, and then English as my second language, and then I've dabbled in other languages that are similar to Spanish. Uh, it makes it easier to learn, but obviously I don't stick with it, and then <laughs> I just know all the bad words. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's typically the first thing that you learn when you yes. pick up another language is someone teaches you how to swear. Um, but um, so Spanish is your first language. You grew up speaking that in, in the house? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how did you learn English? Um, I went to a, a military school for the Coast Guard. My stepdad was in the Coast Guard, and mm. so it was an English school. So I learned how to read in English first, which is, you know, different because I learned Spanish just speaking it in the house. And then it kind of went on from there. I've been going to English-speaking schools since I was, like, a little kid. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So they did kind of the, like, learn the passive stuff, like learn the reading and the grammar and the writing. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Because usually from, um, in my experience as a language teacher, students coming from, like, especially Spanish-speaking countries, but Latin and South American countries, students are much more comfortable speaking mm -hmm. in English than they are in writing. Yeah. And I always assumed that that was kind of... No, we learned English and Spanish pretty much like at the same time but with more emphasis on the English so you were young yeah yeah I mean first first and second grade it was in the English school and then okay. I did a year uh in like a private like Catholic school which was mainly Spanish and I struggled a lot just mm -hmm. going from one to the other and then fourth grade then we moved to the states and it was all English after that wow yeah okay so do you feel like you're proficient in both languages? No. <laughs> <laughs> that no. was a pretty quick answer. I, I can uh, definitely have a conversation, but when I speak Spanish, I've been told that I have an English accent when I speak Spanish now. That's funny. Um, yeah, so it's... Uh, when I was living in Puerto Rico, when I moved back and I was speaking Spanish every day, it was easier and it became... You know, I, I actually... It's a funny thing. I 
was counting money and I was counting it in Spanish and that's when I knew I was like yes like finally like it finally clicked like I'm like in this doing those like, like background functions yeah yeah, where yeah it's like before everything was in English sure so um yeah <laughs> it's so what would you I mean it sounds like you feel a little more comfortable speaking English I now do. I do I'm very self-conscious when I speak Spanish now so do you still consider Spanish your first language? Um, yes, because it was like when I was a baby and when I was like a kid and around my family, I speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just the way that it is. Now, if I'm angry or I'm trying to speak fast, it's Spanglish. It's the mix of both together and it's very easy to just half of the sentences in Spanish one word's in English, one phrase is in Spanish again, and then the rest of the conversation's in English. It just, that's, that's my main language now. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's very complicated. It's, um, it's easy, but messy at the mm. same time. I don't know. Kind of that, like your brain like... is constantly in conflict idea. Yeah. A little bit, mm. a little bit. I mean, stuff that's familiar, like words that I know, like this is correct. I've been saying this all my life. It's a lot easier, but then when I'm trying to go into like a deeper conversation, it's, it's a little harder because then I find myself literally translating from English to Spanish mm. and it doesn't work that way the grammar doesn't work that way like sure my mom always corrects me because in english you would say my favorite car but in spanish it would be my car favorite so you would say mi carro favorito es Mm. instead of my favorite car so it's like switch so sometimes it doesn't compute in my brain before i say it sure (laughs) that one's actually a really common just as a side note that's actually a really common um, grammar mistake that my students have speaking in English is because so many languages have that order mm-hmm. to it where you say the noun first, car, and mm-hmm. then the adjective describing it, favorite. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, English just has to be different, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fun if it wasn't difficult, right? Edge, right? <laughs> um, so do you think that your experience being bilingual, do you think that that's something that's common or um I guess for my upbringing it was a little different just because we moved around so much and I was only in Puerto Rico until I was eight years old Hmm. um and the fact that I went to like English primarily English schools in Puerto Rico um I I feel like I'm one very like a small part of what it is to be bilingual I feel like other people they learn their language fully and they go to school like my friend Carmen she's bilingual but she went to all the way up to university only speaking Spanish Mm -hmm. mainly in school like the books are in Spanish the teachers teach in Spanish but then you learn English as the second language as an elective right it's a foreign language at that point it's not it's not something you need to survive and so she she can speak it and she can understand you. She has a very thick accent, but it's, it is her second language. For me, it's like a mix. Like I, I guess if we're being technical, English would be my first language now, but just in my heart and like culturally, like Spanish would always be my first language. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's an interesting... Yeah. Like, an interesting way to think about it. Because it really, like... Most people, when they learn a second language, it is a foreign language. Yeah. It's not something that you need for daily life. It's something you have an interest in. Yeah. Um, or maybe you want for career opportunities or mm-hmm. something like that. But moving so young to yeah. the U.S. or to the mainland, I yeah. guess. <laughs> it's like English became the primary focus and then Spanish kind of fell in the back. Yeah. And we, um, my mom was then like working and so my stepdad was American so we would be speaking English all the time in the house and so then Spanish was only with my like relatives when I would go to Puerto Rico so then that's how I kind of lost sure like the yeah the Spanish you have the the conversational aspect of it you could live in Spanish yeah but the it's it would be difficult our trip to Spain I was like I couldn't understand them some of the words like I didn't I couldn't quite grasp. So I was like, eh, a lot. Like, <laughs> que? Que was like my most overused word in Spain. <laughs> I think it would be mine as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So have you, have you ever had any like funny incidents that have happened because of having those two languages in your head? Um funny like just in a being in like a public setting and I sure yeah um I did when I was younger um I obviously had like a thicker Spanish accent speaking English and I don't know I mean is this R-rated like can I say yeah yeah I can click the explicit okay (laughs) well um it wasn't necessarily me speaking Spanish when I was supposed to speak English or vice versa it was just the way that my brain didn't know uh how to correctly use words in a sense again I was in the fourth grade so you know don't sure (laughs) um there was a boy I think his name was Fabrizio he was like Mexican and this was we lived in Portland Oregon at the time I was like in the fourth grade it was my first time like being in the states and being in like Mm -hmm. an all English school and um, we were all in the playground and he said to this other kid, he was like, you know, at four years old, he's like, go fuck yourself at four years old. And I like, this kid was like starting to cry and I felt like I needed to do something. And so I knew that my mother would say a bad word all the time. And so I tried using that word in the same sentence because I didn't know like <laughs> how to like, Basically, at that point, I was like, they would give me a word and I would just put it in the sense that it was all sure, right, yeah, yeah. right? So I said something like, why don't you go damn yourself? Oh. <laughs> My mother said damn all the time. Like, that was her favorite word. And so it's like, to this day, I'm just like, Jesus, Lisa, you can't even curse, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got an early start. At least you were getting the bad ones out of the way. Yeah, and... but it wasn't even that bad. It was like... Well, but you're much better at it now. I am. I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> okay, that is pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> um, so I know, like, going back to this, the the idea of, you know, you were living in Puerto Rico when you were so young, mm-hmm. and you you go back pretty regularly I now. Um, you know, in the, in the U.S., our population is something like 330 million, somewhere around there. Um, and according to the last census, um, 
the census showed that about 225 million people speak English at home, mm. which means that there's about, you know, 100 million people that don't speak English in the home. Right. Um, and I think maybe something a lot of people don't know is that the United States as a country officially does not have an official language. That's interesting. Everyone thinks it's English, <laughs> but it's, you know, we haven't, it, it's... It hasn't been established, but definitely people just assume right. it is. Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. So, I mean, this might be kind of a delicate question, but mm. have you have you ever experienced any of that like negativity from people that do assume that you have to speak English to live in the U.S.? Um, not personally. I will say that I've, I've never, that I can remember, uh, I've never experienced that type of stereotyping or racism, um, you know, Growing up, we lived in Oregon for two years, and then I moved to the South, and then I moved to New York for college, and so I, I picked up accents and different, like, twangs from, like, different parts of where I've lived, so I have a very, I don't want to say monotone, but I have a mm. very basic. Like, just a straight-up U.S. Just accent. Just a straight, yeah. white girl <laughs> accent, and yeah. so... Um, it's funny because I only, I usually always speak English unless I come across a person that is speaking Spanish or I know it's like, uh, like the bodega, like I'll go in there like we did today and I asked for an aguacate, like it's just, you know, I feel comfortable in those settings and I feel like it's more risk, like I'm paying them respect, like I'm coming into your establishment, like I'm going to, I'm going to speak the language that you speak, mm-hmm. if I can speak it. Right. So, um... But someone telling me, like, you can't, you can't speak that, you have to speak English, we're in America. I've never experienced it. I know my mother has at work. Yes, she did. And she became super sensitized to it. Um, But personally, no, I have not. Do you think attitudes are getting better in that respect? No, I mean, we see it all the time on, especially on social media. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a phone. Everyone captures everything now. I mean, there's still people that are, you know, go back to your country, mm. you know, you still see that. And it's just funny because it's like, well, you should go back to England. Right. You should go back to Poland or yeah. Scotland or wherever you came from as well. Cause we're not all from here. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. And your country is part of the U S yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like that also may not be something that everyone knows is that they probably don't. I think yeah. people still ask if they need a passport to go down there. Yeah, so Puerto Rico is it's technically like a U.S. territory. Is it that is the word? It is an associ- disassociated associated state. Oh, well, that's a that's, mouthful. That's the uh, Spanish to English translation of it. Got it. <laughs> okay, a Commonwealth <laughs> in just English. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's like our own little version of a Commonwealth. Yeah, well, so is Guam, and right. um, there's one more. Yes, Guam. We have the U.S. Virgin Islands. Yes. But, yeah, it might be those three. But I think, I feel like Puerto Rico, we'll have to look that up. We can, I'll put links to it in the show notes, but we'll look up exactly what the the situation yeah. is that Puerto Rico has. I feel like it's similar to, like, Washington, D.C. Um, Can people in Washington, D.C. vote for president? No. They can't? No. I did not know that. Yeah. 
um, then yeah, it might be similar because we have we follow all the laws. We pay income tax, yeah, sales tax, everything. But we cannot. Vote and you have a governor. Business. We have a governor. We have mayors in all the different towns, but we can't. But vote in like for nationwide election elections or votes or anything, yours. Yes, we have our own like primaries, which right. I'm sure you heard the news of how botched they were. <laughs> but it's going around, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Twenty twenty has been. It's a year. A year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, um, so going back to your speaking multiple languages, um, how do you feel that having two languages in your head, how has that kind of influenced your personality? I mean, like some people say, you know, you have a different personality in, the, in a different language just because of maybe the rules that are there or the, the culture that's embedded yes. in the language. Do you feel... I do, do you have that? I do. I feel like I'm more relaxed and easygoing when I speak English just because it is so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, when I speak Spanish, it's I have to like think it through and like I can come off as being a little bit more like cold. Really? Yes. Unless I'm like with family and they know that like my Spanish is spotty, I'll just say whatever and they'll laugh at me and we'll have a good time, but like strangers I don't speak a lot, and I try and listen. Um, I talk to when I'm only talked to, and if I start to feel comfortable, then I'll start opening up. But hmm. it's you can tell that tension while that, you, yes. you're not exactly sure how they're gonna take it. Yeah, yeah, and it sucks because I'm Puerto Rican, and you know I, not saying that I can't speak the language. I can. It's just the grammatics of it. Mm. The technicalities and yes, mm-hmm. grammatics. Did I just make that up? I think that's a band. <laughs> I mean, that could be our next endeavor. <laughs> um, so, I mean, forgetting the fact that it's English and Spanish, but mm-hmm. just the fact that you have two languages that you can speak with relative ease mm-hmm. and you know successfully as well. Um, what are how, how do you feel that? having two languages has impacted your life I mean has it made like career opportunities it's made it easier yeah absolutely it is such like a plus to have in your corner to be able to speak more than one language I mean you look at America it's all a melting pot from different different cultures different people different countries and especially in my line of work it it has been very very easy to if someone has a problem you can almost connect with them and Mm. reduce the tension if there is tension on board. Um, We did have a lady who, uh, I guess, took some diet pills one time. She was Portuguese, and Portuguese is not at all similar to Spanish. I could probably make out one out of 15, 20 words. Um, So it was very difficult. I found myself very feeling very, very flustered. And, you know, you're in an emergency situation and this person does not speak English. It's like, how? But thankfully, you know, one of our flight attendants was Portuguese. So that helped immensely. We probably saved her life because this woman was as white as a sheet. Um, but it's, it, it helps. I mean, how could it not, you know? Yeah. It's, it's definitely made my career choices and my jobs you know, now, in the past, in the future, so much easier than if I just knew one language. Sure. Yeah. All right. I have one last question. Um, I think 
stereotypically around the world. The U.S. is kind of known for being monolingual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say kind of, I mean very, very. Yes. <laughs> We're kind of seen, and you know, it's not even just the U.S., but it's probably like all English-speaking countries um, yeah. that have this reputation that we are too lazy to learn another language very because lazy. because everybody else speaks English. But you look at, you know, I... You look at places like Germany. I mean, those kids, they know three languages. They know German, they know English, and they probably know uh, something else as an elective. Like, it is, we are very, um, I don't want to say lazy, we're very comfortable Mm. with the fact that English is spoken all over the world Mm -hmm. so that we don't have to try and speak other, I say we, yeah, yeah. Everyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not me. Um, but, uh, you know, you have, you have people that try and, you know, I, I try like, if someone from, uh, we had flew a bunch of people to like St. Martin's Dutch. Mm. So I try and learn Favel, farewell and like other words to kind of make it a little bit easier. I learned a little bit of French um, flying to Martinique and Guadeloupe. But you have those select few that don't. They just expect everyone to to know English, and and that's where it can get a little dicey. Yeah. But... Yeah. I mean, being an English language teacher, both in the U.S. and overseas, Mm -hmm. like, we always kind of, when I was living abroad, we always kind of joked that it was, like encouraged imperialism mm. because we you know we felt very welcome yeah and there was like I I don't think it was just where I was living I think it was especially in Europe at the time but definitely Asia now right we're very much welcomed yeah um to teach everybody English and it it's I've always had this kind of inner struggle on mm-hmm. that as like you know how how Obviously, people want to speak English, and if that helps them have a, a, a better life or achieve their goals or whatever, I'm so happy to be helping. Yeah. But at the same time, English is everywhere. Yeah. Like, it feels so pervasive, and yeah. I'm just contributing to it. And I've, I've always kind of had a little internal struggle over that. Yeah, I could see how that, you know, it's kind of like being a missionary and yeah. spreading Catholicism. Right, yeah. <laughs> but at least, at least now, like, I'm not forcing it on right. anyone. They're paying right. me exactly. for it, which like, also kind of feels, yeah. <laughs> which is, it should make you sleep better at night. Absolutely. Like, people want to. It's not like you're forcing them. Um, but, you know, I'm, I wonder if, like, in, like, Roman times, like, mm. you know, the Roman Empire was just so vast. Like, I wonder if all these countries that were under Roman rule I wonder if they like had to speak Latin like if it was an impo- like if it was imposed that's you know? actually a really good question I was just watching a documentary on Netflix about it oh yeah not even joking yeah oh. the 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 Roman empire actually like the Romans didn't speak Latin they stole it from a nearby town called really? Latinum or something oh. like that yeah or Latium something like that um, and they took their language, but apparently the Roman Empire was actually really known for taking what they liked of the cultures that they visited and funny. not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not necessarily like enforcing oh, wow. certain things over everybody. They mm-hmm. kind of like, that was kind of part of their success is that they let people keep 
their cultures. Yeah. And that's how they, they lasted so long and got so big is that they weren't trying to beat everybody down. Right. They were actually taking <laughs> stealing from them essentially, but because Latin became so big, that's how we got languages like Spanish and French and uh, Romanian and Italian and Portuguese. Yeah, yeah they all came from that time. That's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's funny you bring that up. Yeah, no, I was just curious because it's like, you know, it's just, uh, I look at it as like we, well, very short in time length. Like, you know, yeah. America's only been around for 200 some years. 50 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Um, the Roman Empire was, you know, 2000 something like that that, that part I didn't see I'm not sure <laughs> but yeah it's... but I, I was always that's always like been an interest like I wonder if they you know in order to communicate you know you have these Roman soldiers stomping through your town you know mm. taking what they want like I wonder if people could communicate and yeah I suppose they had to have somehow yeah but that's you know that's the same roots going all the way back thousands of years ago that yeah to be successful or to achieve goals or to not be trampled by another empire. Mm-hmm. You have to learn their language. Yeah. Wow. I not to put a just, negative spin on everything you were just so excited I, about. I think but, you just cracked enough there. Hey, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, that's all the questions I've got. So I'd like to thank Lisa for joining thank me for today. Thank you for all your insights on what it's like to have more than one language going through your head and more than one word to describe the exact same thing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel differently than I do. Like, that's just my own personal experience with it. But I'm curious to see how the other half works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, now that you bring that up, um, if you're listening to the podcast and you would like to... Uh, send in your thoughts on being bilingual. Um, I'll turn on the voice messages so you can send me a message and uh, we'll play them and look back on them on our next episode. So thank you again for joining in class. Um, Just want to remind everyone that the world is definitely a better place when we try to listen to each other and understand each other. And that's always the biggest takeaway from English in class. Thank you. We'll see you next time.